0: Zilla. Top shelf of the sidewalk. Ready for the action, meet me on the app Bought some killers with me, heaters on their lap. Represent my city, speaking on behalf one time, creeping on me quickly. What's going on, people? <coughs> we are back at it again with the High Bud Tenders Podcast. It is me, Jarrell, and of course I got my road dog, my partner in crime. Rocky, what's going on with you? What's going on, bro? I'm chilling. I was off today. I was the day at the uh, dispensary. Yeah, you know what? It wasn't bad at all. It was um, it was pretty smooth. Good crowd coming in. Yeah. yeah. It's starting to um, like open up, open up. Like it's because it's busy every day.
1: Man. Yeah, I flew into Portland, and literally when I got off the plane, I was like, "Holy shit, Vegas!" Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, it's raining. Yeah. It's right. it's raining in Vegas. Money or of, of some sort. I missed the memo. But anyway, uh, Dan, how was your day?
2: Uh, mine was pretty chill. Same. It was uh, super busy today, especially for a midweek. Like you can tell, like yeah. that, that first week of spring break, people are like, "Oh shit, things open again. Let's go, let's go, let's go." It's, yes. it's fast. Yeah, it's it's really good.
1: So I have a special guest uh, <coughs> with super us special. today. Super super special. I've been wanting to have him on the podcast, but I was looking for the perfect time because I had to do this face to face. Yeah. You know, with the small with the small social distancing. So that being the case, Evan Nader, how are you, sir?
3: Very good, thank you. How are you?
1: Good, good. It's very nice to have you on. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do in the industry. OG in the industry. Yeah, OG <laughs> in the industry.
3: Uh, so I founded a company here in Nevada called Matrix NV back in 2014. I was chief operating officer of Matrix up until June 2018. And and I took over a company called Fleur back in June 2020. And so that's what I'm doing now. I'm the director of cultivation at Fleur
1: Cannabis. And we love Fleur Cannabis. Yeah. We have have popped that up a couple of times. Hell yeah. um, Because some of my favorites coming from that cultivation. We We have
0: a couple of sales reps, Amber on here and um, Gerardo. Now we get to talk to the man behind the magic. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Amber's awesome.
3: And (laughs) G is the man. He's funny as shit. So, yeah. Thank you. And yeah, we, uh, we've been working really hard. Um, you know, I, like I said, I took it over in June, June, 2020. Uh, we built a great team. I brought a guy in by the name of Nate Whedon, who's a, a UNLV graduate with a biochemistry degree that has been doing living soil growing for at least five years and studying. it. And, you know, that's really been his focus and his career has been living soil. And he's a guy that I always wanted to work with. So Um, I wanted to work with him back at Matrix and I just, we never able to execute that but at Fleur I was able to bring him on and then I have another guy there named Sven Blom that runs the grow, basically he's our grow manager runs the team there every day and it's just, it's just the perfect team we've got a bunch of great cultivators and built just a great family there, it's awesome so it's, everybody there takes a lot of pride in what we do so when we hear it from you guys it just means the world to us so thank you, it's awesome You
1: had mentioned a couple times uh, just now uh, living soil, yes, and I want that to be explained a little bit and why that when people say organic, mm-hmm. what truly means organic, as opposed to some cultivations calling
3: something organic that's not truly organic. Yeah. So picture what living soil is is best way to describe that is picture the floor of a forest. That's what we're trying to mimic. Flo- uh, floor of a forest is never touched. It's never messed with. It's all living and. Nature, what what's creating is just fantastic organic growth. So, what living soil is? Sorry, I'm a little bit. Big. <laughs> so, uh, what living soil is is basically soil mixed with peat moss and different things like uh, biochar, which is like burnt wood that's electrically charged. Um, and then living within that is a bunch of different types of insects and worms. And we have like uh, pill bugs living in there and worms living in. Uh, springtails and their job is to eat all of the organic matter that we provide which is basically leaves from the plants and stems from the plants and then oh, different types of organic amendments and stuff like that so what they do is they eat that they poop it out and then that creates what is the best fertilizer in the world called worm castings. Mm-hmm. and then also the pill bugs basically do the exact same thing if you've ever pill bugs love roly-poly if you ever seen mm-hmm. them they learn the soil too and they do a bunch of different things where the worms and the pill bugs keep the soil nice and aerated, which is really important for cannabis because cannabis likes to have nice, airy soil that it can spread its roots out in. And also, you don't want compaction in your soil because that creates bacteria buildup, bad bacteria buildup because there's no oxygen. So, sorry, I'm kind of going off on a tangent about what soil. No, that's it's the, the, good thing. To it. it's the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, but so. So the worms are, and the pill bugs are basically crawling through that soil, keeping it nice and aerated for us, eating up all the organic matter, and then pooping that stuff out, like I said, making great fertilizer. And then on top of that, you have a whole colony of bacteria, microorganisms living in the soil. What they're doing is breaking down all the amendments that we put into the soil for the plants to eat. That's the difference between growing with fertilizer and growing organically. Fertilizer is stuff that's synthetically made, that's readily available for a plant. When you feed amendments to soil, that stuff isn't available to the plant yet. You need some bacteria to break that stuff down. So what we do, how to create bacteria in the soil, you you do that with composts. So you do that by putting compost in your soil and also making compost teas, which is basically taking a bunch of compost, putting in a big bag, just like a tea bag, putting in a big brewer, and let it sit for about 24 to 36 hours while it brews that compost up. And now all of a sudden you have all this compost tea, which is all those living microorganisms that you then feed into your garden. So there's a lot to it. But once you get your soil up to optimal health and you keep it there, there's nothing like it. It's the best way to grow in the world bar none. There's there's no way for a plant to build up an immune response when you're growing hydroponically like you can doing it organically and then on top of that all the pathways are created growing organically for terpene production whereas they're not when you're growing hydroponically so it's just something to me it's just so much better and also as a cultivator on the business side we're not throwing away the soil it stays in the garden so when we take it when we have a harvest we chop the plants down but all that soil just stays there we don't remove it okay. whereas in any other style of grow when you're doing hydroponics if you're growing rock wool or like we did at Matrix, we grew in what's called um, ProMix, which is a soilless medium. It looks like dirt, but it's not really dirt. Uh, once you're done, once you run one round through that, it's done, you're throwing it away. So all that stuff goes somewhere, you have to throw it away. Whereas in our grow, that soil stays there. And the longer it stays there and the healthier we can, the longer we keep it healthy, the better it actually gets. Kind of like fine wine. The longer it goes, the better it gets. Mm-hmm. So that's why in living soil grows, you'll see... This is our. We're currently on our seventeenth cycle, meaning this is our seventeenth round. This is going to be our seventeenth harvest in that soil.
2: Damn. I was actually going to ask how many um how many harvests can you get out of one like batch of soil? It's just like forever. forever. You yeah. just, just keep we, adding the micro. Yeah, going to? What's gonna,
3: ha- not just that. <coughs> you're going to see soil diminish over time. It's obviously going to shrink over time. It's right. Go down, and so you just have to keep topping it <coughs> off, topping it off. You got to make sure you have a good source for that. When you're growing, um, you know. Uh, any style, you got to be really wary of pests coming in with your soil, and that's why most groves are using rock wool now because that's made by man. It's, it's just
2: easier for them, eggs.
3: yeah. <laughs> you're not going to come in with any kind of contamination whatsoever, any type of, type of bug in it, where that will come in. Even with the soilless medium, you can still get bugs, and so you got to be really careful where you're sourcing sourcing your soil and your peat moss and that kind of stuff. But once you find a good source, all you do is just top off, top off, and keep that soil really healthy Mm -hmm. and keep feeding your teas and keep feeding your amendments. And We're at a point actually uh, where we don't really have to feed the soil any teas anymore. We have so much bacteria built up in there, good bacteria, that we don't really have to do any of the compost teas much anymore. And now Nate, who I was talking about earlier, our scientist, has Really, you know, we're using a method called Korean natural farming, which Nate brought with him. And Korean natural farming was developed in Korea by a farmer that basically wanted to help small farmers compete with big agriculture. And what they did, what, what he did was uh, came up with a style of growing that you're using what's readily available around you or even mm-hmm. with, the, with the plants you're growing. And that's exactly what we're doing with cannabis. We're actually fermenting the leaves and early stage flowers and feeding all that stuff back into the plants through foliar feeds. Oh, yeah, and so that is actually in turn building the soil. This is Nate, Nate's a brilliant guy and Nate is of the opinion, and I, I strongly believe this right along with him we were just talking about today, that you build healthy soil through healthy plant growth. You actually don't build up your soil by working on your soil. You build up your soil by working on your What's plants. What's in it, right, right. Yeah, and, and that's because there is this relationship between the plants and the soil that like science, top level scientists don't even totally grasp yet. There's there's magic happening in there between the roots and the soil. That area is called the rhizosphere, and then that rhizosphere is where all the bacteria is basically feeding the plants. All the amendments that it's breaking down, and then the plants in turn are, are feeding the, the microorganisms amino acids and sugars. And there's just just there's the reaction going on in the rhizosphere that then builds up your soil. And it's just it's an amazing thing, and that's what we're really focusing on is you know building up the plants. And it's really cool because we've been there a year and a half now, a little bit more than a year and a half. And we started off in a garden that was in uh, really bad shape, so we had to get everything back on point again. And that took probably six months. And then we had a lot of strains that weren't really all that desirable. So we were doing a lot of pheno hunting in-house and finally finding all the strains that we wanted to find. And now I think that we're finally there. It's kind of coincided all at once. We. We basically found a really good stable of strains that are hours and hours only, that only we are growing. And then on top of at the same time, the soil is just getting super on point. And Nate has really dialed in the feeding regimens to the point where we're just about to explode. And then on top of that, we got new lights throughout, or we're getting new lights throughout our building, which is huge. Because all this time, you know, we've been successful, but we've been growing under not so great lights. Um, they're good enough, but we can do a whole lot better with better lights and that's actually finally we got the business on track to the point now where we can start buying those lights. Right, nice. We're super excited about that. I'm gonna tell you, you have some of the most
1: incredible looking butt. Thank you. To look at film touch, what's (coughs) nice is when you open up your jars, Mm -hmm. the butt is still moist and it still has a nice trichome build Mm -hmm. to it still. Uh, when you take pictures of it, you can totally see that. Yep. Um, and I also wanted to say this, and this is the truth mm-hmm. facts. You guys have some of the best pre-rolls too. So if I ever have to do on the go mm-hmm. pre-roll, I always pick up the floor pre-rolls because they use full bud in those pre-rolls and it is just a really nice high and you can tell, yeah. you know what I mean? You can tell 100% doesn't have to, everything doesn't have to be hitting. Gigantic numbers for you to actually feel mm-hmm. these incredible highs because your cherry chem, by the way, one of my favorites. Really? Nice. Yeah, taste, wise, color, mm-hmm. you know, everything about that, the, you know, the subtle sweet berry tones mm-hmm. to that. I love it all, honestly. So, bravo Thank to you, you. On, on you on the
3: flower you're putting that's, on. That's by design. We, um, you know, I purposely... Uh, early on we told our trimmers, look, we don't need a super tight trim on, on our type of bud because this is organic and we want to preserve a lot of that sugar leaf that's on the bud already. There's no reason to get rid of that. So, you know, our guys aren't in there shaving into the bud, they're in there delicately trimming every bud. And, and so we take a lot of pride in that and what you just said. And then on top of that, the the pre-rolls too, we like we have a night crew, it's just a bunch of old rock guys that <laughs> that's, that's like awesome. literally just our so in, you know, they're just so happy to be doing this for a living now. Like they always thought, you know, they'd never do this. And So they, but they take so much pride in the work that they do. And I'm telling you, like they are literally in there with a pair of tweezers pulling out every little stick in those joints. You are never going to see any sticks in there. Like when it's grinded down, then you have a dude in there with tweezers pulling out all the little sticks. Like eh, who does that? All right.
2: So yeah, it's it's that's awesome
3: to hear. Thank you.
2: I really appreciate it i did have a question because i noticed with a lot of living soil or a lot of living mm-hmm. soil plants you tend to see that terps are a bit better but mm-hmm. for the most part they usually stick to around 22 oh, percent is no. there a reason for that no we're actually seeing i
3: think that's really just strain dependent more than anything like because because our strain number we're really uh strain fo- i'm sorry terpene focused and then we're terpene driven and that's we actually got our lab and uh, can labs. They weren't even putting this on the test. We actually got them to put total terpenes on their test results hmm. for the percentage. Yeah. And so we're always shooting, like if anything, like I don't want to grow anything that's below 2% terpenes. We actually have certain strains that are super hot in Nevada, including uh, orange cookies, which I'll never stop. <coughs> doing. Like that strain is just it's, uh, for some reason, like it has a low terpene profile. It doesn't really test so that bad. high, but it is so freaking good. Yes. It just that's has a great man. combination of everything in it. And it's just, so that's just proof positive. that You don't always need high, yeah, high terpene profile because sometimes it's just those super smelly strains. Sometimes you know that, and they, that hit really hard don't really have high profile. But we have strains in house now that are hitting above three percent terpene profile. We have one now that's getting hit close to four percent. that We <sighs> think we can. Hit. Yes. It's just it's that's just amazing. Genetics. it's yeah. just really just genetics. In fact, with the style of growing we're doing, I'm telling you, we can push terpenes more so than any style, uh, uh, any
2: other style of growing. God, you guys need to start making some live resin. No, we, we, no, we want to. You know, we've been
3: talking about it. Um, actually, well, no, not live resin, but live rosin.
2: Even we, better. We, yeah, Even we, better. Yeah,
3: we've been talking about it. Um, our our problem, and it's a great problem to have, is that, you know, we're selling out all the, all the flour that we're growing. And so, honestly, so we're not growing enough flour to support Nevada right now. So, you know, if I cut into that, that's going to cut out some our flour on the dispensary shelf. So we're not going to do that yet. But the good news is that, you know, Part of what I was saying earlier was we walked into a situation where we had a lot of strains that weren't really desirable. And I don't just mean in the market. I mean, from a grower's perspective, too, they just didn't yield shit.
2: Right. Yeah. And so
3: we've been working on that heavily. And now we finally got those strains that are going to start putting out the two pounds of light that we really need, the strains we're putting out, uh, two that we're really excited about. Um uh, their sisters are a cross of lemon OG and Wookiees and Cream. It's called uh, one's called Bushido OG, and that one's the one that's testing around four percent terpenes. And then nice. our sister is Katana OG, and that one's like a three and a half percent terpenes. And Man, oh man, they're just they're gonna be fire and they're super chunky. Mm-hmm. Super, yeah, they're gonna be really mm-hmm. good. We got nice. a lot of new stuff coming out that you guys haven't seen yet that's gonna knock your socks off. Why do you think more people aren't doing like the lemon soil? They don't know how, you know, they don't know how right. They, on um, I know, yeah, seriously, <laughs> like, um, it's This is my philosophy Uh, so and I mean I've lived through this entire process of of going for a license and applying for one of these licenses and going through the process of starting one of these businesses and how it works is a state puts out an application and, and every time on those applications in every state they require you to have an expert in the industry and so when you're a state starting out and you don't have any experts in your state you go to these consultants. And the majority of these consultants out there have only ever grown hydroponically. And then all the businesses that have been popping up all over the country now are all set up the way these consultants knew how to grow, which was hydroponically. And then you have other guys like medicine man out of colorado who have just become like these big corporate giants and they have the business model of growing hydroponically so mm-hmm. that's pretty much why it's just you know no one a you get a lot of people that get into this industry that really don't know anything about growing so they just trust their consultants you know what i mean that's the that's a lot of people get into it and then b you just have all these people that have been growing for years and years and years that have only grown hydroponically and that's all they know how to do so you're not going to Spend millions of dollars on something that someone's never done, even though they think they might know how to. I got really lucky. I I was basically I walked into a situation at Flir, where it was already living soil, and when I took over, I, I actually had the opportunity to change it to hydro. And I said, no, I, I I want I want to master this. Plus, I have Nate by my side who I trusted and knew it, and so I good choice. Over. Yeah, we're so <laughs> <nice> <laughs> good choice. You know, so <laughs> was, yeah. yeah it was a it was a style honestly it was a style I always wanted to do mm. uh, I just you know like I said I it was it was the way I had always grown was hydroponically coming up you know when mm. I started matrix that's really all I knew and then I took on big partners in matrix with general hydroponics and those guys are you know they're hydroponic people so yeah they're <laughs> yeah. not going to want to grow any other way so yeah I'm going to
1: yeah. tell you there was a contest once for mm-hmm. Fleur that we did and um I I always sell the most of that bud, and it's not because I'm like, hey, you know what I mean, pushing, pushing. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's good bud. So I was just getting repeat customers coming in from that were in town, and they'd come in and get the LA Confidential. Mm -hmm. They're like, I want the, like, heaviest, you know, indica. And for me, even though it gives you a nice little bright high in the beginning of that high, I was like, they're going to love this because it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a twist. And what they're normally used to uh, having, and always had people come back, always have people come back for those strains. Awesome, especially LA Confidential. Yeah, you can one, never go wrong.
3: I know that one is a cult favorite. Yes, okay. it's <laughs> a cult favorite. Yeah. That one we got that one too. That was one when we came in. Uh, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to continue growing it because it just wasn't growing well. And we've got that one on point. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's actually one of our best yielders now, and it's we love that strain. We're, we're never getting rid it.
1: I don't, every yeah. time I see any kind of flour sale, it's always bulk for me. Yeah. Awesome. I got Yeah, I'm like <laughs> fucking stacked for the longest time, and I've always posted pictures and things of that nature because I just love how you grow your bud and the taste and quality when you open up the jars. Like I said, it's always great. Now, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of different cultivations in my life. Um, I'm rubbing my eyes because I'm just thinking about <laughs> stories in my brain, and I'm like, holy shit, crazy. Um, but what, you've been in cultivation long enough. What's the worst you've seen?
3: Oh, um, well, in Colorado. It was in Colorado, actually. I mean, I've seen some pretty bad farms here, too. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to throw anybody No, don't give to say names. But, what was but this yeah, situation? I mean, in Colorado, oh, my God, the shit I saw in there. In Colorado, they just let you take a building and throw up lights and call it a grow. I mean, it was a joke. It was a serious joke. And I saw some grows out there that were, I don't even remember the name of the company, but they were by the Purina dog chow, uh, like <laughs> manufacturing plant. And like he literally went there and the place was so bunk you couldn't even smell the weed outside of it. All you smell oh, man. dog food. Like, <laughs> right. and, but yeah, it was the worst grow I've ever walked into. They had just, it was just horrible. But there have been, when this opened up here, they, you know, they made it tough, but there were still some people that opened up some really, really shoddy grows in, in Las Vegas. Um, there was one that was something farms that was just, Horrendous that I was doing business with for a while because he couldn't sell his weed to any of the dispensaries. <laughs> and so we were just extracting it like in early on and turning it to oil. Uh, and he ended up having like his whole staff. <laughs> it was like a whole mass exodus one day of his whole staff. They just walked off the job. That's how bad it was. Like, the, and this is a grow, you know. no one right. <laughs> But, but there's like, fuck these people, man. But we're just out. So yeah, there's, there's been some bad.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I've been through that. The, yeah, the mass there, there's thing. been some
3: funny ones too. Like I came in. So again, I'm not gonna throw, I'm not I'm not gonna throw out any names. But when I was consulting uh, for a while, like I walked into a grow and they couldn't figure out, <laughs> they couldn't figure out why they were getting aphids, and why their grow room. Now this was like you know in wintertime, and they couldn't figure out why the grow room was getting down to 30 to 40 degrees at nighttime, which isn't good. Right. And uh, so they asked me to come take a look at it. And I walk in and I'm like. Oh, so there's this like this uh, this duct that was off the floor. It was only like 18 inches off the floor. And, and in Clark County, if you're putting CO2 into a row room, they make you, ha- it's code that you have to be able to purge that room of the CO2 in case the room fills up with too much CO2. So they made you put these ducts in after the fact. A lot of these people, because a lot of them had built out and then Clark County came out with this code and they said, nope, you got to do it. Even though you're already built out, you still have to do it. So. I walk in and there's this duck 18 inches off the floor and I go and put my hand under it and it's fucking just blowing cold air. And I'm like, what's this duck? And they're like, it's air conditioning. I'm like, I don't think it is. (laughs) (laughs) I said, said, I'll bet you, I'll bet you that this is a purge. And I said, and I'll bet you people that installed it put the fan on backwards because instead of blowing outward, like sucking air out. It's putting air into the room. They call me the next day and they're like, yeah, you were right. (laughs) It's (laughs) It's like, holy shit. But then on top of it, so all their lights were vented. Right, so mm-hmm. you ever ever seen uh I don't know if you've been in the grows where they actually have all the lights hooked up to ductwork and everything where they're blowing air through that shit. Right, right. That's the you, the idea behind that is you're cooling your lights and you're not having to spend so much money on air conditioning for the room. But it's a stupid way of going because those lenses get really dusty and then block out a lot of light.
2: Don't a lot of people end up going with like LED boards anyways? Yeah, you don't yeah. really need
3: that. No, you don't. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's, that's old school, old. You know, that's how
2: I when I was growing. Exactly. That's always. <laughs> yeah, me, me I mean, that's
3: how you know. That's how you do it. That's the right way to do it at home. It's not the right way to do it in a big commercial. System. Straight I can yeah, tell yeah. you how many people I've seen do it that way. But these guys, they were cooling their lights with this big air intake in this garage that was like the literally on the other side of the garage was a fucking garbage dump, like a big dumpster. Like Right on the other yeah. side of the garage door and this is a garage door. It's not like those things are sealed <laughs> airtight, right? Yeah, so these guys were literally got this big air intake and the idea was oh, I forgot one part They had this the room that was where the garage was had this big Water chiller and this air chiller that was chilling that room down to 65 degrees And then they had this big air intake sucking all the air out of that room through all their lights, uh. right? Meanwhile, that big air intake is sucking in all the air from the outside from that dumpster, and they're wondering why they're getting aphids. Oh, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like holy shit, man! Like, you, you gotta just put two and two together here. Right. So yeah, it's like that's just really bad design. But <laughs> really so bad design. Yeah. <laughs> so but I, I want to ask. That's <laughs> always, people did that shit.
1: I wanted to ask him because I feel like a lot of people don't understand this, and I, it took me a little minute to realize, and honestly. It wasn't until about a couple of years ago when I actually got it. What is pheno hunting exactly? And, you know, explain that to me
3: because. So basically put it like this. So phenol hunting is, say you get seeds of, let's say, sour diesel. All right. I get 10 seeds of sour diesel. I'm going to keep this really simple. We're going to number all those seeds 1 through 10. All right and we're going to germinate those seeds and we're going to start growing them. And then we're going to sex them and you're going to figure out which ones are males and which ones are females. In a commercial facility, we're not breeders. We don't want the males because they're going to pollinate the females, great seeds. So we throw out the males. So let's say half of those are female, half of those are male, right? Let's just say to make for simplicity's sake, one through five are male and six through 10 are female. We throw out one through five and now we just have six through 10. So now, We're going to flower because now we know that those are female. We're going to flower them out and see what they're going to give us out of those five seeds. Okay. Out of those five plants now. We're also going to take a clone off of each one to have a backup of each. Mm. Right. So now you have these plants and you're going to flower them out. Now you have your clone backups. So now you, let's say out of those five plants, you flower them out and then you get them tested and you find one that you really like. And let's say that number one was number seven. So now that just became Gorilla Glue number seven. Get it? Yeah. So, and now you have the clone backup of it. Right. So now you're going to turn that clone into a mom. And you're going to grow that out so you can take off enough cuttings off it to get clones off it and then put that in your garden. And boom, now you have Gorilla Glue number seven in your garden. That's phenotyping. hunting. That's basically hunting through genetics to find a certain pheno along those, you know, out of those seeds.
2: Okay. That's got it. It. How many um, generations do you think you get out of a mother plant?
3: Oh God, Oh, forever. Forever? Yeah, as long as you keep the genetics healthy.
2: So when, because I've heard in a couple occasions, like growers, when we go to like different cultivations, they'll be like, oh, well, the mother got killed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that mean?
3: It means that they, so they, basically they had a mom and that
2: mom was killed
3: and they didn't take cuttings off of it. And so, and so once you start flowering out a plant, once it's uh, in about three to four weeks deep into a flower stage is really hard to reverse back into a vegetative state right. to get it growing back again normally. Plus there can be some degradation in that process. So you never want to really do that. So you always want to have a plant in the vegetative state to take clones off of and if you kill off a mom and you don't you didn't take clones that are growing, you're screwed. It's done. It's gone.
2: So if you kill a mother plant, there's no way to get that strain back. Or that pheno of the strain, that pheno. Go find a seed. Yeah,
3: but then you're never going to get. So what I tell people is, seeds are just like kids. You know, like with kids, you can, you know, just because you have two athletic parents, don't mean you're going to get an that. Right. Right. And all those kids are going to be different, unless you have twins. Like so, and that's the exact same thing with cannabis. Um, You know, you can have a strain that's a great cross, but that doesn't guarantee that you're going to find great, you know, great phenotypes out of that, out of that cross. But it's, it's Fino hunting is hard. It's usually, you'll find, I don't know, it's probably like a 2 to 5% success rate. It's really gotcha. low. So when you have one room, let's say
1: you're doing all, you have seven gorilla glue situations where our number seven, eight, nine, seven, they're all great. Mm-hmm. Um, do you keep them in one room or are they all separated
3: into separate rooms, uh, whichever number qualified? No, it, it just depends. But yeah, you can keep them in the same room. It really doesn't matter. I mean, technically, like let's say, you find two really good phenotypes of a certain strain, and you want to keep both of them. You wouldn't want to grow them at the same time because then basically they're competing against each other when you're trying to sell them. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean. So if it, you would kind of let's say number eight and number seven are really good. We'll grow seven one month and then eight the next month, so we'll have that to offer. No, nope. see what, the, and then also kind of feel out the market. Maybe the market doesn't like number seven as much as they like number eight. Yeah, but it's yeah. so weird how that little small differentiator
1: like you said Mm -hmm. could be two totally different children completely
3: totally that's we have that you know with the katana og and the bushido og they're both so unique and different from each other that where are those at they're not out yet i was about to say i've
2: never even even heard that that's
3: (laughs) crazy we have so many new strains coming like we have another one that we're really proud of and this one i think is going to just kill it it's a cross of uh mac and um uh, high school sweetheart breath and blue skittles mm. and, oh wow <laughs> and so we had a really hard time coming up with a name for it though because like all those crosses and then finally um sven came up he, he's like I was, he came up with i think it was Sven. pretty sure it was he came up with um he's like think shakespeare i was like all right he's like mac breath mac
2: Brad, like, <laughs> that's, awesome. like,
3: that's a winner that like, is. Right. So that's what the name of it is it's Macbeth and and yeah, that one is super frosty. That's like the when we tested it from seed, it came out at like 24% and usually with a really good dirt profile. And usually when we clone them and put them in the garden, they test a bit higher. Exactly. Garden, so yeah, it's gonna be awesome.
1: So people that have, that want to grow at home, let's mm-hmm. say they buy a tent or whatever the case may be. What's the suggestion for these people? Do they do stick to one strain in that tent? Cause it's so small. Or do you have various plants in that? You're term? allowed to grow six plants. You
3: know, I would grow three strains personally. I yeah. would grow, yeah, two two of each. Okay. That's what I would do. Uh, you know, but yeah. Yeah. No, you don't have to grow the same strain. Just you have to find things that are going to flower out in the same duration. Like that's the key. You know, for us at Fleur and at Matrix, everything was um, no more than a nine-week finisher. Uh, and so that's basically what you have to find in your garden. You don't want, you know things going one plant's going eight weeks and another one's going 14 weeks
1: my friends from reddit i told you (laughs) get back to me on that one (laughs) before the
0: show we were talking about the the radiation thing Mm -hmm. what are like what's why are
3: people doing radiation so what is that all about so nevada has the strictest testing in the world for cannabis we are the as a consumer you are the safest consumer of cannabis in the world here because we have to go through so much testing to get our products on the shelves that, uh, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's great actually. And Nevada is ahead of the curve in the sense that when this becomes federally regulated, the FDA will require the same type of testing that Nevada is doing now, which most States aren't. So having said that, we test for a myriad of things that they won't allow us to put our products on the shelves for, and that is mainly uh, people fail here for yeast and mold and aspergillus. And um, yeast and mold is mainly caused by not being able to grow properly, <laughs> you know, just growing dirty, not, not having the proper environment, not being able to control your environment. Um, and so the radiation treatment is basically what they do is after they harvest their flower and dry it then they run it through a radiation treatment like a microwave um, to kill off all the mold that grew inside of the bud and that's it's called mold remediation and that's a pretty popular thing in the industry now because you know a lot of these cultivations aren't able to pass this type of testing is it they're doing it because they know they have motor, or just in case? Uh, most of them. Well, so the failure rate in Nevada across the board, um, I've been told by labs is 15%. So 15% of the flower being grown in the state is failing. So that means that some cultivators are failing a lot more. Than fifteen percent, <laughs> so <laughs> so they know they're going to be failing. Yeah, they just they've gone through it for so long and decide, hey, we can't pass these tests. We got to figure out another way of doing this, mm. and that's what happens.
2: I worked for a company that would just uh, they would take their failing flour and they would just uh, they would yeah, turn you know, it into concentrate. They would yeah. turn well, it into concentrate. Yeah, that, yeah, and throw a, it into a pen. Well,
3: that's actually allowed. So yeah. and, you know, and, and there's honestly there's nothing wrong with that as long as, and you're only failing for yeast and mold and in. in the process of any butane or CO two process, it's going to kill off all of that. Money. Exactly, it's yeah. The same as the radiation would, but right. you're creating a product, not just flour doing that So, right. So that's safe. And actually, in Nevada also, if you fail for certain things, you're not allowed to turn in con- the concentrates. If you fail for pesticides or fungicides, that's trash. It has to be destroyed. If you fail for mycotoxins or aflatoxins, which are basically cancer causing mold, um, that you cannot you can't extract that. It right. goes in the trash. So they, heavy metals goes in the trash. Right. So the only thing that you can extract off and that has failed is yeast and mold. And yeah. we have to, or aspergillus, and we have to go to the state and apply to them. And basically they say, yes. You know a lot, They won't even like with E. coli or salmonella, they won't even let that be extracted a lot of times because so, you know, that's going into food and whatnot. So nope, right. nope. Even though it might get cooked off, nope, you can't extract it. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, you know, I honestly, I'm really glad they do it because, you know, like I said, it's put us way ahead of the curve. Um, it's been a bitch you know, to figure out, but at mm-hmm. Fleur, I'm very happy to say that, you know, we failed in 2020 less than 2% of our tests. And that's another reason why I think growing organically just makes so much more sense when people really start looking at this from a business perspective. Because, you know, when you see hydroponic grows not being able to pass this testing,
2: the long term shows. Yeah,
3: I mean, and us, we're, we're hitting these crazy numbers where we, you know, we can be under one percent. I'm pretty sure of it. The reason we fail tests is because we have strains that grow really low to the ground. Some of them, like Cherry chem. right. And uh, and uh, what happens is they have that bacteria down in that soil, and it's all good bacteria. But Nevada tests for all bacteria. So if you if, if say one of my cultivators waters it, and because everything is hand watered at Fleur. Right. it's a giant grow, but everything is hand watered. But if that water, say, like hits that soil and splashes up onto a bud, that could potentially cause a failure right, because right. that good bacteria got on that bud, and it's going to fail us.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: So, so I know that e- all I need to do is get plants off the ground and I won't even fail even 1% of our tests. Right. So it's just, you know, it's, but we'll keep growing Cherry cam just for you. So don't worry. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. I know there's this, this, there's
1: a shit ton of regulations. I, I've seen audits, mm-hmm. and it's never a fun uh, s- kind of situation. Yep. I was th- uh, in an audit once, and uh, someone was burping bags, but they were burping several different bags of cannabis with the same gloves. Mm. So not switching them out, putting your bag in, like the whole room had to. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to kill the whole damn room. You know, at that point, you nothing stays. So... Yeah, no, I know for sure that uh, the regulations here are
3: super crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's I pretty good it. though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I don't yeah. mind it. I kind of i like lo- i like that. I, so coming out my career prior to getting in cannabis was restaurant hospitality in my clubs, and and I was working at Treasure Island for fifteen years before I got into cannabis and. I was a point man for our restaurant whenever the health department would come in. So I dealt with the health department, understood health inspections. And it's, it's funny because cannabis, at least cultivation facilities are very, very similar in health code to restaurants. Um, you have your hand sinks, your floor sinks, all, you know, it's all the same shit. Mm-hmm. And so I had a deep understanding of that prior to getting in cannabis. And like, you know, we were the first at matrix. I was very proud of this. We were the first cultivation and production facility uh, so basically the first dual license facility to pass the initial inspection by the state with no deficiencies at all. We nice. like most of them they would the state would come and they'd have to come back and come back again because they couldn't you know they had so many deficiencies to start that they wouldn't allow them to open. but with us they came in they inspected they' were like you can open tomorrow and it was awesome. so and I kind of welcome the audits at this point because uh, once you know the regulations um, you know and you're on top of it, you've set your business up, to basically adhere to all those regulations. It's like, you're on point. There's no problem. Like they come in they see all your shit. It's like, hey, we're not hiding anything. Come on in, see what, see what we're doing. That's like when yes. you have your license, and all your insurance. You're like, go ahead, pull yeah. Me, yeah. Over. me over. Pull me over. I'll tell you a funny story. When I brought up, so when we, when we went to Matrix, um, so I had all these mothers in my house in Henderson. Um, and like that, they were literally so big. They were hitting the ceiling and the ceiling was like this high. And they were huge. And so I said to the state before uh, when they did that inspection, and I had my attorney with me too, and I said to them, I was like, so I have these moms that are just too big. I can't move them. Um, They're just massive. They're just going to break and die. And plus, I, I literally can't get them out of my house. They're just too big. I was like, so can I cut up the branches and put them in water? and move that up, you know, as moms like that. And they're like, yes. And I said my lawyer, I was like, you heard that? And and she said, yep. I was like, okay, don't say anymore. That was it. So like we spent when the day we moved into Matrix, we literally started in the morning, cutting down those plants. And we didn't finish until two in the morning. And we started like early that day. Like it it took, it was a fart. Like you could not walk through the room. Um <laughs> we got 3300 clones out of oh every, my god out of, god. Every, out of my head. Um, right. So, but I moved all that stuff in Home Depot, Homer buckets. Like, that it, is a, like it, a million on, orange right. buckets. <laughs>
2: so
3: I, it literally, it literally so I have a pickup truck and it just covered like at my entire bed of my pickup truck was just filled with those Homer buckets. <laughs> and we drove up to Matrix at two in the morning with all that shit. And I was just like, I hope I get pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> I got my license, I'm legal. Yeah. Yeah, but we didn't get pulled. If
1: someone wanted to start a grow at home, mm-hmm. I always say this because people, eventually, this will be a legal situation. You'll be able to do that. And we have a lot of questions from people out there starting grows at home. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the best advice that you can give to those small people at home that need this? Because obviously for either financial reasons, uh, medical, we know that cannabis is not inexpensive here. Or in a lot of states, you yeah. can't even get
3: it. So. so my first bit of advice would be read. And buy. I would say go buy Jorge Cervantes. Yes. A book, Uh what is it? Medical Marijuana. I think it's Medical
2: Horticultural Marijuana. Yeah, the like Horticulture that. Bible. Yeah, That's what you the Horticulture Bible? Yes. Every
3: single grower, if you want to start off at home, needs to read that book. Because that will give you a baseline of understanding of what you're doing. And there's really no better way to start. You could. Like you can try and go to Amsterdam University and shit. Trust me, the book is all you need. That's all. Okay. You need, seriously. And then, you know, just gotta depending on where you are, because uh, you don't want to do anything that's going to get you in trouble. So you got to make sure you're sourcing all of your, um, you know, all of your equipment safely. Uh, and then also your seeds. Make sure you're getting them safely. Just don't you know keep yourself out of trouble. That's my main bit of advice. <laughs> that's, you know, that's that's definitely the main thing with cannabis because it's still illegal in a lot of states. I'm sure people that listen to this podcast might be illegal where they are. So just keep yourself out of trouble and do things safely. But then also, like I said, get that book, read up on that, and in my opinion, go organic. Start off organic. Don't mm-hmm. start off. You know you're going to go to a hydro store and buy your lights and stuff and the guy in that store i guarantee you is going to try and talk you into growing hydroponically because that's what he sells so <laughs> don't listen to do your own research read up about korean natural farming because to me that's the best way to do it at home and it's so rewarding and the education that you will get uh it just by growing this plant and learning about k and f korean natural farming is like just otherworldly it'll It'll just turn you into a real grower. And that's basically it. Study that KNF.
1: Thank you, listeners, for sending out all those questions. So many came through um, in the last few weeks. So I wanted to make sure to capitalize on that. But go ahead and continue, Drew.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we just wanted to uh, thank you for hopping on, bro. You uh, killed it, man. My pleasure, man. Super informative, man. Thank you. Um, Happy to yeah. come back
3: here. ever want me to, man. Hell Yeah.
0: Uh, but before we let you go, we have to
3: know what you've been smoking all lately, my man. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> so we've actually, well, I'll be dead honest with you. So I've been hitting concentrates. Obviously, I hit my own flower. That's mainly what I'm hitting at. I'm Ma- oh, sorry. I almost said Matrix at Fleur. Um, <laughs> the orange cookies is my all. I'll go-to. We have a new strain coming out that's hitting the market now. It's at Plant 13, I believe, called Wookiees and Cream. That is like, I think personally, that might be our next hot shit. Like that, mm. that strain is... It's purple and it's gas. Like, I've never seen a strain like this before where it's like that purple and putting off that amount of a gassy nose. It's just, it's phenomenal. Uh, I've been smoking on some concentrates uh, I got from California, too, recently. Shame, <laughs> oh, <sure>. same. Yeah. <laughs> same. I forget even the name of those. Oh, yeah, the company is called Cold Fire. They're looking to come here. And so, yeah, their stuff is just phenomenal. So I've been sitting that recently, and I was pretty impressed. So. Do you do more concentrates for yeah. flower? Uh, well, I mean, I'm a flower guy, but I'm going to be done honest with you. I, at this point in time in my life, I prefer concentrates. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I like the, I like the amount of the high that I get from the concentrates now. It's just, it's so much more relaxing at nighttime for me. Really my, I don't smoke during the day anymore. I just have too much going on and I just, <laughs> I'll forget too much during the day. I just can't do it, but I'll, I'll go home at night and dab a little bit and just, it helps you fall asleep, you know, and man, it gives me a good seven, eight hours sleep every night. So. That to me, you know, that's awesome. So, <laughs> Just yeah. on Rocky, and, but and also oh, edible. Sorry, I keep going sure, on, no. edibles, people off. Damn, Edibles, man, I love edibles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I work for Evergreen Organics. I mean, yes. Uh, so that Fleur is that's Evergreen your Organics too. And, What's your jam? Oh man, a chocolate bar.
2: <laughs> that's it i'm a chocolate freak i love chocolate I need those high milligrams that's it sucks i was doing bars. you know I, in medical what's funny is before i was ever with
3: evergreen or anything i was buying their 500 milligram chocolate
2: bar. there you go that. that's <laughs> all i was doing
3: was buying that bar all the time and so yeah that's how i work for them i'm not medical anymore but still I you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's milligrams. amazing oh that's yeah that's awesome
0: yeah <laughs> what you been smoking on rocky
1: um, so I do actually, I just, since City's Addicts, uh, again, traditional market stuff, mm-hmm. you know, um, I like the fresh buds too, you know what I mean? I don't keep out of any of the good stuff when it comes around. So honestly, that's been it for me. How about you, Joe?
0: <clears throat> Jeff, you're gelato, <laughs> excuse me, from, a traditional market, my boy, Terpy Buds. Nice. Yeah.
1: How's that?
0: super super good tasty real nice high fuck with it <clears throat> then i picked up some runs for medicine too just oh yeah the Runts is yeah really like really good that too, was pretty too. good yeah so i had to cop that what you been smoking danny
2: uh from side. i actually just picked up an ounce of uh some hash rosin i got runs and a mm-hmm. wedding cake also out of cali it's a spot called fair trade dude super super chill um linked up with him and it's been A1 so far, I can't complain. That right <laughs> That's right? literally what you just dabbed. Yeah, yeah, really good. yeah. I, <laughs> I definitely job, dig bro. it, yeah, I, like I can't it. complain.
1: So, um, Evan, if anybody has any questions or wants to learn more about Fleur and um, your no-till soil cannabis yeah. organic,
3: um, where could they find you? Uh, so, on Instagram, we post a lot on Instagram. My, um, my screen name is Evan, E-V-A-N, dot Matrix, M-A-T-R-I-X, dot And then also Fleur Cannabis. Uh, that's the screen name on our Instagram for Fleur. It's F-L-E-U-R Cannabis, C-A-N-N-A-B-I-S. Uh, that's definitely the places we post most. Nate puts up a lot of material on his page, and that his is Smoke Some Weeding his name is is perfect and then so between each word smoke some weed and he has an underscore and then also Sven also he puts up a lot of stuff on his Sven is Sven will flourish with the f-l-e-u-r flourish yeah Uh, that's nice we we put up we post a lot of stuff about what we do every day we're really proud of it
2: so yeah i love to bring you guys through a tour sometime too so yeah I encourage you. When you're a butt tender man in this town, you get a tour of Fleur. That'll be an amazing live episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, folks, we thank you again uh, for listening. It's been a really great time. We were having an uh, cr- incredible amount of listeners. I was in Portland uh, not too long ago, and they were playing our podcast in a dispensary it was insane literally i almost like fell (laughs) out i was like wait a minute what is that and it was our podcast so shout out to all the bud tenders in um portland oregon you guys were amazing to all those that i did see paul you know who you are amazing service uh thank you so much they still do a traditional old school where they pull the buds out and out put it in jars. brown paper bag, you know, in little plastic <laughs> yeah. plastic containers that look like pill bottles and a, and in a, a paper bag. Like with a <laughs> Yes. And you know what? It just brought me back. So yeah. good feels out in Portland, Oregon. If you get a chance, uh, folks, go check that out. Thank you again. And if you always find us on all social media platforms at High Bud Tenders, and our website is www.highbudtenders.com. We thank you, High Bud Tenders
0: and uh stay high top shelf the sidewalk oh hey, ready for the action meet me on the app some killers with me heaters on they loud represent my city speaking on behalf one time creeping on me quickly